by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. There's a one ad in the newspaper. It says, now hiring. No experience needed. See, God's looking for workers. He's looking for somebody that's willing to go out, despite what they've been through, despite what their capabilities are, and spread his word. What Brother Joe just read with us, 2 Corinthians 8.12, Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly, and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. I'm going to tell you a secret. God doesn't want what you don't have. He doesn't want what you don't have because he'll never get it. He wants what you have. So don't make excuses. Don't say, oh, I can't do this. I don't have that. I'm not good enough, smart enough, beautiful enough. Guess what? I'm not either. I'm not either. Nobody is. That's why there's no experience necessary. God wants you right where you are to begin doing the things that he's been showing you. To begin doing the things that he's placed on your heart. To begin doing the things that are in his word. Now is the time. Now is the time. Today. Let's pray, Passion Church. Jesus, I thank you so much for being in this place, Lord. I thank you for being alive and current and living in each and every one of these peaceful homes that are watching this right now. That are joining us in worship this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you transcend space and time and location, Lord, that you are in control of all things everywhere, all the time, that nothing can separate us from your love. And I thank you, Lord, that we get to stay connected to your love, and we also get to stay connected with our church family and with other believers. I pray that today you would speak to us and you would show us things in your word that would encourage us to get closer to you and closer to the perfection that you have in store for us each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See, God doesn't want what you don't have. It doesn't matter how much you've been through, how many trials you've had, how many situations, how many troubles you've been through. Just last week, I went through some troubles. I'm busy. I got all these different jobs, all these different responsibilities. I'm running at a million miles an hour. My parents go camping for Labor Day weekend. At first I say, I'm not going to go. I have too much to do. But my sister's going to go just visit them for one day. I say, okay, I can go hang out with my family for one day. Family's the most important thing. That's important. I can make time for that. So even better yet, my sister says, I'll drive. Now, she's not just driving any old car. She's got a brand new 2020 RAV4. This thing is so nice. It's got a moonroof and a sunroof. Right next to that button that you hit for the seats to warm up, it's got another one that cools the seats down. This car has got everything, okay? We are, and better yet, she lets me hook my phone up to it. I'm listening to my music. She's driving down to the campground. I'm rapping. I'm singing. I'm just enjoying it, talking to my sister, having a good time, enjoying life. Get to spend the day with my family. It's going to be great. 
So it's a two-hour drive all the way out to the Natchez State Park. So we're driving and we're driving. And when we pull off the interstate, you know, those campground roads, they can be a little bumpy. They can be a little tricky. You got gravel everywhere, potholes. So we pull off of the interstate. We're on this campground road, and the car starts shaking and rattling. I'm like, yeah, it's a campground road, right? Mate, we need to drive a little bit slower. Okay. I still got the music turned up. I'm singing. The car's still shaking a little bit. Starts shaking a little louder, and a light pops on on the dashboard. Brand new car. Brand. This is the first road trip. We're the road, first road trip, we're christening her car. This is the very first moment that we took it out on the open road. Then nothing can possibly be wrong with it. Light pops up on the dashboard. Tire, low tire pressure. So she turns the music off. I'm like, well, I thought the road was just bumpy. She said, we might have a flat tire. I said, all right, there's a road right there. Pull over in this road. She pulls over. We hop out. Sure enough, brand new car, brand new tires, a flat tire the first road trip we take it on so I hop out you know I'm still recovering from my arm injury so I don't want to put too much pressure on it but we pull out the spare we get out the jack we start jacking up the car start getting the spare tire my sister's doing the heavy manly work because I don't want to hurt my arm so she's busting the lug nuts and I'm just trying to get the jack to work apparently I should have let her do the whole thing because you know there's three parts to that jack under your car and I was I was doing it with two parts so I got the, I just got the one bar and I'm turning it just 180 degrees at a time, taking as long as you can possibly take to jack this car up. It's not until we finally get that spare in there, working it the way down, and I figure out how to use the jack the way that I'm supposed to use it. And I get the third part on there and I crank it down so fast, I crank it down in 12 seconds, I could have been on a NASCAR pit crew the way I got it down. But it took me a while to get it where I was supposed to be going. So, okay, we pack back up. We get back in the car. We're at the campsite now. Should be quick to find our parents. But you guys know how these campgrounds are. You never really know where you're going. It's not like you just punch in the address on Google Maps. You get to the campground, but what campsite are you going to? Oh, I don't know why my parents chose this campsite. We must have passed 20 different campgrounds on the way to Natchez State Park. I don't know what they were thinking. We get out there. We're like, oh, they're in the RV. We'll go to the RV campground. My dad says they're in campground number one, site five, gives us the numbers. So we start going to the RV campground. We're passing everything. We pass uh, a bunch of horses. There's a horse campground just exclusively for the people with horses. We pass the gun range, everything. We drive up every single campground for the RV campground. Cannot find that. Keep in mind, we're driving on that little spare tire, the real skinny one, trying to find this campground. Man, I hadn't peed for three hours, pull over, find somewhere to go to the bathroom. Still can't find my parents. Finally get some cell reception. We didn't have any cell service, couldn't call them. And even when we did get through to them, they're camping. They don't have their phones with them. So, man, we're, we're about to give up. We're about to turn around and keep going. Finally get a hold of my dad. He gives us more instructions and shows us where to go. Well, it turns out where we changed that flat tire before we kept driving for 45 minutes, we were right by their campsite. They were the very first campsite off of that interstate, and we kept driving. We kept driving. See, if I would have called my dad right then and told him, hey, we got a flat tire, he would have known right where we are and probably would have come help us, probably would have showed me how to use the jack a lot sooner. I could have won the NASCAR race. Well, we finally get there, but now we get there, the whole day is shifted. 
Because now we can, instead of just hanging out, having a good time, now my sister's got to go get another tire. Instead of just chilling at the campground, she's got to go to Walmart and get a replacement tire. So the whole day is different from the way we planned it. You know, everything that we thought was going to take place, it all changed. You could say that we had some troubles that day. We had some car troubles, most definitely. So I want to see what the Word of God says about troubles in James chapter 1, verse 2. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It doesn't say just have joy in the troubles. It says when the troubles come, this is an opportunity, not just for you to have joy, but for you to have great joy. Say great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Great joy. When those troubles come, this is an opportunity for great joy. See, I could have been mad. I could have been kicking my sister's new car that I just scratched up, jacking it up the wrong way. I could have been doing a whole bunch of things, say, oh, my day's ruined, I'm fed up, I want to go home. Guess what? I was smiling the whole time. I was smiling on that car ride. I was smiling. I wasn't just smiling just because it wasn't my car. It's just a tire. We can afford a tire. I, I was smiling because I had the joy of the Lord in me. That no matter what's happening, I know God is in control. That, could, we, that flat tire could have blown out on the interstate in front of an 18-wheeler, and it could have been way worse. God is always in control. God always has a plan. And just because we see with our human eyes, we don't know everything. We don't know God's plans. We don't really know what he's doing. We know a little bit of this free wisdom that he's given us, that we get to pray for this wisdom, that we get his spirit to guide us and lead us. But we don't really know all his plans. We don't know everything. God is in control all the time, even when you're not happy. Even when you're not happy, God is in control. We say, okay, it's easy to stand in church and the pastor's going to preach a sermon and say, you know, have joy even in the troubles. Well, that's good and all, but how do you do it? I'm going to tell you how you do it. I'm going to tell you two ways that you can have joy in the troubles. The first way is you have joy in God's commands. You have joy in God's commandments, joy in following his law. It says in Psalms chapter 19, verse 8. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear giving insight for living. See, God shows us what to do. When we really follow God's laws, when we really follow God's commands, it brings us joy. Not only that, but his commands show us how to live. It says the commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. So when you follow God's word, when you follow God's commands, you know what you are supposed to do. 
He makes it clear for you. They're not muddy waters that you have to decipher and figure it out. God makes it clear for you what you are supposed to do in every moment. Yeah, sure, we still make mistakes. We still don't know the grand plan. We don't know every moment of every day and what's going to transpire. I didn't know we were going to have that flat tire, but I know that I'm following God's commands and that I still have joy. In the college that I attend, a lot of our students are in California. We have online classes. So I asked one of the pastors in this class, I said, Pastor, is the persecution that I'm hearing about in California true? He said, yes, it is. If you don't, guys don't know, people are being fined and being imprisoned for going to church in California right now. It is illegal to go to church. You're not allowed to do it. So I asked him, I said, what are you guys doing? He said, we're having service. He said, we're having live stream service. We're having in-person service. We are having service illegally. And he told me, he said, I'm the pastor. I'm the only person in any danger of going to jail for this. He said, my congregation are safe. He said, I'll happily stand here and go to prison for proclaiming the gospel. So this man, he is in some troubles right now. He is being told that he is not allowed to go to church and have a worship service and worship together with his people. But he is following God's commands. He's not following man's commands. Not only does he have joy, he's bringing joy to others. He's bringing joy to me and my entire class when he's sharing this information with us. He's bringing joy to you right now. You should be encouraged that somebody is getting persecuted somewhere and they are still doing God's work. He told me, he said, how does it look when our brothers and sisters in China are facing death if they get caught for gathering together in church? And I'm not going to do it just for a fine. And just for a few days in jail, he said, of course I'm doing it. I'm happy to go to jail for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, of course, we all have to use wisdom, and we're all in different situations. And right now in Passion Church, we're still gathering together. We're still worshiping together on this live stream right now. I love my church. This is I Love My Church Month. I got my red t-shirt on. I know you do too in your living room. And if you don't, nobody can see you. You're off the hook. But I know I love my church, and it's not this building that I love. It's you guys. It's you guys. I love the people of the church. I love getting to worship with you and to talk with you. It's amazing. So I'm so thankful that we get to gather this way. We get to gather online, and temporarily our services are online, but we'll be back together very soon. And we're still together in the spirit, and nobody can take that away from us. Nobody can take that away from us. But I have a brother in California, and instead of following God's commands... He is following the commands of the Lord. And I know you are too, and I know we are too here at Passion Church. We're following the commands of the Lord. And it brings us joy. It brings us great joy. Well, in James 1 and 3, let's read it again. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. This is our main text for the day, James 1 two through four. Again, in verse three, it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Well, I want you guys to know one way that your faith is tested. Your faith is tested every time that you make a decision whether or not to follow God's commands. Your faith is tested every time that you make a decision whether or not to follow God's commands. See, when you're confronted with something and maybe all your other friends and the people you're around are doing something a certain way. And you know 
that it's either according to God's plans or against God's plans. You get to make that decision, and your faith is being tested. You have to determine, am I going to follow God's commands, or am I going to follow what the world is doing? So your faith is tested. And when your faith is tested, consider it an opportunity for great joy, that you get to do these things and get closer to God and live for Him. So we have joy in God's commands. We have joy in following God's commands. The second way that we keep joy in the troubles is we have joy in God's presence. Let's read Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. We have joy in God's presence. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. It says in the King James Version, in God's presence is the fullness of joy. When we're in God's presence, that's when we are full of joy. So no matter what troubles you're going through, no matter what's happening at work, you are full of God's joy when you're in his presence. It doesn't matter if you got that employee, you got that boss that comes in every day and they're in a bad mood and they're sucking the joy out of everybody and they hate being here and they hate the rules and they hate the work and the changes and what they have to do and they're mad about all of it. They're just a negative person sucking the joy out of everybody. When you walk into that room, you have God's presence and in God's presence is the fullness of joy. It doesn't matter what's taking place. In God's presence is the fullness of joy. It doesn't matter what sort of troubles you're going through, what's happening in your personal life, what's happening physically to your body. In God's presence is the fullness of joy. You know, it's not all about you. It's not all about you. It's about Jesus. It's not about me. It's not about you. I have a friend that lives in Horn Lake, and he's a mentor to people in Horn Lake. He helps young students and gets them on the right path and shares the gospel with them and gets them closer to God. And his name is Brian Matthews. And he's a poet. And I want to share a poem with you today that he wrote. The poem is entitled, It's Not Always About You. Life is an uncertain journey. It's a working process every day. It's draining and very challenging as you do your best to find your way. You may be suffering, having a lot of struggles. You may be facing heartache and at times tears. You may be depressed, unable to trust, have, un have unwanted failures and many fears. You may feel alone, unloved, unwanted, and you can't see your way through. My answer to all of your struggles it's not always about you. There are people who are watching to see how you handle your difficult fight. When they see you win your battles, they can trust that their battles will be all right. It's not always about you or the pain and struggles that you consistently face. It's about you adapting and overcoming and understanding it was God's grace. What you may not understand is when you're at your lowest and not your best, that's when you will see the promise of God 
then you'll understand you are truly blessed. When your life is going good and you're having a lot of success, it's easy to think it's all you're doing instead of knowing you are truly blessed. God has to keep us humble. We're going to have struggles, pains, and stress. He knows when you're weak and at your lowest is when you're actually at your best. You're an example for many people. You may never notice they're watching what you do. That's including your spouse, kids, and family. So let's not make it all about you. Be disciplined, structured, and honest. When life takes you in directions you don't desire to go, understand that God is in command and Jesus runs the show. Embrace these stressful moments knowing that God is on your side. He will lead, protect, and guide you with his arms open wide. Be a light in your time of darkness so the whole world can all see the power and love of our Heavenly Father, for there is no greater love than He. It's not all about you. You're going through troubles right now. Stuff is coming at you from every direction, front, back, left, and right. It might feel like you're being surrounded, but as long as you are in the presence of God, you're going to be all right. As long as you are following God's commands, you're going to be all right. We're all going through troubles, but when we go through these troubles, we consider it an opportunity for great joy. Going back to our main text in James chapter 1, verse 4, it says, So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing. When is this going to happen? I'm not perfect. When your endurance is fully developed, when you're perfect and complete, and when you need nothing, that is when you're in the very presence of God. The only time that you're not hungry and thirsty is when you have that bread of life and that living water. The only time that you need nothing is when you're already in the place that has it all, when you're already with the one that gives it all, that is in control of it all, when you're in God's presence, you have fullness of joy. So let your endurance grow. Let it be fully developed. Be perfect and complete, needing nothing in God's presence. See, you ever get everything you wanted, you get the new job, you get the brand new 2020 RAV4 with the moonroof and the sunroof, you got it all going on, but you still want more. Then you get that goal, then you still want something else. See, it's not about these goals we set for ourselves or these achievements and these accolades. It's about being in God's presence. How do we get in God's presence? We follow his commands. So I want to encourage you to remember to have joy in the troubles. How do we have joy in the troubles? We have joy in God's commands. We follow his commands and we keep the joy in the troubles. And to have joy in his presence. We have joy in the troubles because we're in 
his presence. So this Greek word that's translated joy in James chapter 1, it means just that. It means joy. It doesn't mean happiness. It's got nothing to do with being happy. But the Hebrew word that's used is two different Hebrew words that's used in both of these psalms that we've looked at today. Both of them translate joy half of the time in the Bible, and the other half of the time they're used is happiness. So see, when we're following God's commands, not only do we have joy, but we're happy. We're happy to be following God's commands. They're wonderful. They're way better than following our own laws. They're way better than following our own rules. And when we're in God's presence, not only are we joyful, we are happy. Oh, I am so happy to be in God's presence right now. It is the only place that I want to be. It is the only place when I am truly happy is when I'm walking in God's presence. So no, you don't have to be happy that troubles are happening. You don't have to be happy about it, but you have to follow God's commands and you have to stay in his presence. And there you will have happiness and you will have joy. Well, maybe you're saying, I don't have this joy. I don't have this happiness. Well, I would tell you two things. You need to get in God's presence. You need to follow his commands. It says right here where we've been looking in Psalms chapter 16. When we back up one more verse to verse 10, it says, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy one to rot in the grave. So David right here is not talking about himself. David is not saying that he won't die and he won't go to Sheol in the afterlife. David is saying that God will not allow Jesus to be among the dead. God will not allow Jesus to rot in the grave. Jesus is the chosen one. Jesus is the holy one. See, God did not allow Jesus to stay in the grave because Jesus was perfect. He was spotless. He had no sin. He was sin-free his entire life for all of eternity. Jesus came down on this earth and died in our place for our sins. He took that, and he didn't stay in the grave. He didn't stay dead. God didn't allow him to rot in the grave. God resurrected his body, resurrected his soul. And if you believe this is true about Jesus, then your body can be resurrected. Your soul can be resurrected. You don't have to live in the darkness anymore. You don't have to stumble around in the darkness. You can walk in the day. You can walk in the light and keep your eyes on Jesus and follow him. Because if you believe this is true, if you believe that he died for you and then he resurrected again to live forever, then you can have this fullness of joy. You can be in his presence. You can begin to follow his commands. Because if you choose to follow him, he freely opens his arms and says, I want you to be my child. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. But he's not going to make you. He's offering it to you. He's offering it to you right now. And if you really believe this in your heart and you say it out loud that you want Jesus to be in control of your life, that you have faith in Jesus, then you can be saved as well. You can be saved. So I would just encourage you to say, Jesus, come into my life. I want to be in your presence. I want to follow your commands and then begin to do it. Begin to spend times in his presence. Begin to spend time learning his commands that he's written down for us. Begin to spend time around other believers. And when your faith is tested, don't just do it because it's what you've always done it and it's what you've done. 
make a new decision when your faith is being tested and say, no, I'm going to follow God's commands. Well, something interesting about this word joy in chapter 16, verse 11, is not only does it translate joy and happiness, but it also translates a joy so full that you are filled with laughter, that you are filled with God's presence and so much joy and happiness that you just get to laugh. I love laughing. This is the fun church. I laugh every Sunday. I love laughing with you guys. So I just want to encourage you right now to pray, to ask God to say, God, give me the joy of laughter. Give me the joy of laughter. Look at the person. If you're watching this stream with somebody, just start laughing with them. If you're by yourself, just laugh. No one will think you're crazy. You're by yourself anyways. Just start laughing in God's presence, in his joy, and in your happiness. Just begin to laugh. Jesus, I thank you so much. That despite the troubles, despite what's happening in the world and in our lives right now, that you're still there for us. You're looking out for us. You're taking care of us. You are in control even in the troubles. No matter what's taking place, that you are there with us. And I thank you, Lord, that we would be encouraged to keep our joy. That we'd be encouraged to be joyful with you through the struggles. Because we know we are following your commands. We have joy following your commands. We know that we are in your presence. We have joy in your presence. If there's anybody out there right now listening that isn't in your presence, that isn't following your commands, I just pray that they would be overwhelmed by your presence in their heart right now. They would just feel your warmth and your love right there in their living room, Dad, right where they are right now. They would feel the love that you would have for them, and they would be overwhelmed with joy. They would just begin laughing in your presence. They would be filled with your joy, Father God. I thank you this. I thank you for healing all of the broken hearts, for filling these hearts with joy, Father God, in your presence and in your commands. And I pray, Jesus Christ, for healing the physical bodies of anybody that may have any sort of illness or pain or brokenness. I thank you, Lord, that they are healed right now. In Jesus' name, by the suffering you took on your body, that we are healed by the death and the resurrection that you suffered, that we are saved. And I thank you for this, Father God. I thank you for blessing all these people and encouraging them that they would constantly be reminded to stay filled with your joy the entire week, every day, and every day for the rest of our lives, that we would walk in your joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Joe. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.